It is absolutely stellarly spectacular <laughs> to be recording vocals here with all of my friends today. Well done, Chase. Well Thank done. You. Thank you very much. <laughs> so actually, uh, we've, we've booted Chase off the podcast uh, today, but for good reason, because it's Bring Your Family to Work Day. <laughs> this is this is a uh, groundbreaking day. We have not one but two guests on the show. Two guests, and they are all ultra competitive. I'm just surrounded by competitive Owens. <laughs> and my job today is to keep everyone from talking about all the books they're reading, <laughs> and to keep us on topic. So, Hunter, why don't you give us just like your your warmest, friendliest family welcome to our guest today? Uh, well, I brought my younger siblings onto the podcast today. <laughs> my lesser, yet. my yeah. lesser siblings. I was, I, was, uh, I was forced to grow up with these people. Yeah. Uh, so we have actually, are they, both, both these guys are return guests, right? Uh, no, I, Ty, we hadn't had Ty on the show oh, yet. Oh, it just felt like we had. He talked so much. <laughs> uh, all right. So we got Ty, we got Meredith. We're going to talk about, and this is pretty interesting because we have this, um, kind of focus group of people who have really committed to this idea of CrossFit, this form of exercise have experienced some success, and you guys, I think what is most interesting is you spent a lot of time learning from each other, the different parts of your approach to CrossFit, I see you borrow all the time, and where you have particular weaknesses, you go to one, not usually not both, but you go to one or the other and say, all right, help me with this, help me with that, it's been a pretty cool thing to see, so guys, thanks for joining us today, we're going to pick your brains just a little bit, but what I'd like to do, and uh, we're going to let Meredith go first, because if we start with Ty, there's no telling how long this episode is going to be. <laughs> We're going to start with Meredith and say, give us a little, we've had you before on the podcast, but just give us some brief background and kind of catch us up to date with where you are now. Um, okay. Well, I, before I mentioned that I played high school and college softball, then moved on from there into competitive CrossFit because of Hunter kind of bumping me into it. And then from there, I've just kind of followed the lead of my two older brothers. Um, what they do, I do. And um, when they compete, I compete and Pretty soon I started beat one and then both of them and all of a sudden they're in the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> there it is, the first dig. Somebody got the timestamp on that. So, uh, yeah, so you've, you've experienced quite the transformation. I think uh, the buzz around uh, the box right now is that you as an athlete have you just taken it to a different level. Everybody sees that. What's been the driving force behind that, just kind of this latest shift? Um, a mentality shift on my part. I just – I decided that I'm going to go all in and I'm going to dial everything in and give a hundred percent. And that includes everything outside the gym. And it's not that my work ethic has changed or my mental approach has changed. It's just that I've dialed everything in. And so when I'm not in the gym, I'm making sure I'm ready to get back in the gym. And that has really taken, I'm not sure. I was just texting Hunter this last night. Like I'm not surviving the week anymore. I'm feeling good on a day-to-day -day basis. And so that makes me, able to push myself more and more throughout every day. Well, I'll tell you how it's affected me. I used to be okay working out while you were there. Now I completely avoid it. So if, <laughs> if I walk in and Meredith's on the floor, I'm like, all right, I'll be back at 3.30. Right? <laughs> so Ty, here's something that uh, very little, we talk about very little, and now we have this live here with us. You have experienced a lot of life change over the past few years, and CrossFit has stayed a pretty consistent part of your life, and you've experienced success. So we have these things with job changes, marriage, kids, all this stuff going on that people usually use as, as an excuse over their CrossFit career. You have done exactly the opposite. What's been that secret sauce for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, it does seem like uh, my life pulls me in a lot of different directions that is away from CrossFit but somehow over the years that has become sort of like a grounding force for me I just enjoy getting better and improving and honestly I feel like a certain amount of anxiety thinking that oh no I might actually get worse at something <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> can so I make kinda... a note too that he has the best wife on this planet Oh, that will allow him to continue wow. to train. Butter up over there. <laughs> well, Shout look, out, I, Monica. I'll admit, I'm, I'm afraid of a few people on the planet, and uh, she is one of them. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but your wife is extremely intimidating, man. Uh, but, yeah, also also very, very supportive. So you have a, an athletic background as well. You know, you're, we don't want to just assume, assume that because you're an Owen, you know, you did all this stuff. But you actually had, a, had sports in your uh, life very early also. Yeah, uh, I played, you know, I played soccer and baseball through high school. Uh, 
you know, I was pretty engaged in those. And then I moved on to college and I, uh, played competitive bartending for a few years. <laughs> but you were one of the best. I was, yeah. I was the best. <laughs> you still have quite the reputation. Wasn't it Birmingham, correct? Is that where you were? Starkville. Starkville. Did, uh, okay. Starkville for That's where you bartending. got your big break, huh? That's right. <laughs> Plenty of people drinking in Starkville, right? There were, there were lots of folks who would order lots of beers. From so is the bar where you were bartending, is it still around? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's the m- most popular one up there. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, I don't well, know if, I mean, at the time, it, which all that really means for you as a bartender is you get to make money on weekdays and not just weekends. So it was important to me at the time, but uh, I think it's I think it's still pretty popular. I don't know if we want to give out free sponsorships. On <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not mention any names. <laughs> so let's dive in here and talk about, um, you know, we, we enjoy having people on our podcast that have experiences that most people don't have and hearing about those and using that as a little inspiration for our daily grind, you know, or for some of us, the two times a week we stop into Coyote. Uh, but you guys actually have some regional experience and some recent regional experience. I'd love to hear kind of how that, that how that was for you guys. I go, I'll go first. Um, honestly, it is so stressful. It's like one, probably one of the most stressful weekends of my life, but for the, like the most fun five minutes of your life. So all weekend and all the week before you get there early and you're training to get prepared and all you can think about is that workout that you're going to be the weak link on or you're going to hurt really bad on. And it's funny because every person on the team had that workout in their mind that they were dreading and you think about it and you stress about it. And then when you're out there, you just go and it's so much fun. It's so much adrenaline. You can hear people yelling. You really can't hear what's going on. It's just like mass chaos because there's so many people out on the floor and all of a sudden your your judge is just going no rep, no rep, no rep. And then you're just trying to figure out what's going on. But it's, it's so much adrenaline packed into just those few minutes. That's what keeps us coming back for more is that high, that feeling. And we had a, a really good run this year and, and being one of those first ones to jump on the finish mat was intoxicating it's you know it breeds that feeling of I want this and I want to be the first one on the mat and I want to continue to be the first person on the mat so even though it is so stressful it's it's exhausting but it's just as much rewarding listen to that description it's funny it kind of sounds like how I feel about the noon class (laughs) exactly parallel there you know especially the no rep part Uh, so yeah the the adrenaline part seems to come up a lot is is it the same for you Ty because your your personality seems a little more settled and and you know I could see where that stuff might disappear for you um I mean there's certainly a lot of adrenaline um I don't think I get as worked up about about it uh part of that is probably because I'm worried about getting my wife there and my child and so all of that goes into it and I'm sort of distracted until we get out there and then it's just like a focus I don't know um the other thing to me about regionals is everything was so fast it's like they put you back in these little horse stall things and then you go and then you gather your stuff you get off the floor you try to recover and then it's time to go again so you don't really have a whole lot of time to think um so I mean I had I had so much fun. I didn't feel quite the amount of stress I don't think that Meredith did. But uh again, I think that was more because I had I had a child to worry about. Well, let's be fair, so does Meredith. She's married to Lee. So <laughs> kind of an exact, Ooh, exact I, thought, I, I thought we're all leaving the elephant uh, not talking about the elephant in the room, <laughs> which is the uh fourth Owen, Revy, who is in the studio with us. <laughs> yes, actually, yeah, wait, awaiting his turn to speak. So, Hunter, you had a little different experience also watching uh, family members compete. And, you know, I, I remember your language was just you were so full of pride in watching the team compete. How was your experience at regionals this year watching these these two guys go? Well, you know, the the team experience, the first year we did team when it was a six-person team, that was definitely the most fun I ever had competing. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to compete as an individual, and, and individual is way more stressful for me than the team uh, the team was just fun. I really loved it. I mean, there's one workout I was dreading, but all other than that, I just had a blast doing it. And, you know, it wasn't super stressful. I just enjoyed it. And I was glad that, that they got to, to take part in it because it kind of had, had become my goal is, you know, I'd seen how hard they've been working for years, 
you know, Ty had been training with me for four years, I think, up till that point, and I, I knew how hard he worked and how late he stayed and everything I did, he did. And then Meredith jumped in on that when she got done with softball, and so I knew I just wanted them to be able to have that same experience because I, I'd seen how hard they had worked. So it was, for me, it was just awesome that we got to be out there and I got to be out there with them. And then this year, it was probably it was definitely the most fun I've ever had and probably the most nervous I've ever been. Wow. And just coaching and watching because you know, I was, you know, I knew we had a chance to do really well. I knew we had done well in the in practice, and I knew we had a great team. And um, just not being able to control it. Like once, once they go out there, like you're just in the stands watching and that was a whole different feeling than I'd had in the past being able to control it. But I loved it so much getting to watch them and being so proud of them uh, competing. So it was very fun and very stressful. And to come up, you know, ended up being two spots short was, it was tough, but it was fun. And um, I, I really, really loved the coaching aspect of it. And I'm, I look forward to being able to do a lot more of that uh, in the future and being able to um, help other people achieve whatever they want to because my, my desire to be on the floor is completely gone now. A, a few years ago, I would have I would be at a regionals and watching it, and if I wasn't competing, I would be like, man, I want to be out there. But now it's like I didn't want to be out there at all. I wanted them to be out there because I knew they wanted to be there, and I just wanted to do whatever I could to help them. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point there for me in that most people assume – athletes at the level that you guys are let's be very straightforward about that you guys have experienced a lot of success um assume that kind of the learning is over and now it's just about the hard work it's just about the discipline it's just about dialing in but knowing you guys uh, up close being in a relationship with y'all I know that's not the case so I want to share with our listeners just based on this one question I want to pull this out what did you guys learn at regionals? Let's say this year, you know, and we're gonna let's leave altitude out of it because I know that was a that was a big part of it. Uh, what did you learn at regionals about yourself as an athlete that has changed how you're you're working today? Um, for me personally, I felt like I learned something, and it was the same lesson over and over on every workout, and it was that I just when I hear that go, I go, and I don't really think. And that cost us. Uh, my fingers got a little outside of the the line on a handstand walk in one of the workouts, and the worm fell on my head in one of the workouts. And in both of those instances, it cost us. And then, you know, later on, we did handstand push up workouts, and I was just trying to knock out reps where that wasn't necessarily a smart thing. So, <clears throat> teaching myself to kind of take a step back and not necessarily um, just try to muscle through a workout, which is what I like to do it's more of being smart in the situation and, and paying attention to every single rep as opposed to looking at it as a as a large scheme of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. It feels like you're describing what we've all talked about for years in that froning approach. Like no matter what's happening around you, every rep perfect, just the same, staying with your game plan. You know, and game plan can't always be balls to the wall. Exactly. <laughs> you got to have some, some forward thinking about this. But uh, I can imagine that would be very difficult to hold on to with all the excitement and adrenaline. Exactly. But now that you've experienced that at that level, it will be familiar to you the next time you get there. Right, exactly. I mean, after regionals, we did a competition at Pensacola, and I was able to kind of take a step back in a couple of workouts, and that really helped me. A couple of them, I still made the mistake again. So it's one of those reoccurring lessons. But, you know, every workout is a little bit different. I think that's the hard part is learning which workout is the one that you need to go all out and which one is the one you need to hold a little back and stay focused and all that kind of stuff. Because it's, let's be honest, it's really hard to stay focused and dialed in throughout a 45-minute workout. I, th I think a lot of that has to do with just experience, too, and the amount of competitions you've done. And I... I did a lot of competitions when I first started competing, and I think that served me well because when you're out there on the floor, it's completely different than in the gym, and you don't realize it until you get out there. But when you have a judge there and there's, you know, there's an announcer, there's other athletes there, and you, you just can't simulate that in the gym. And I think we saw that the first year in team. I knew what to expect, but nobody else knew what to expect, and we got out there, and it was just chaos. And it was so loud. You couldn't hear anything, and things go wrong, and everybody kind of panics. But once you've you've had some time under your belt, you you start 
being cool, calm, and collected. And I think that's one of the reasons you see the same people succeed in CrossFit over and over is because they have the experience. They might, there might be somebody who's naturally better than them or more talented than them, but they beat them because of the experience. And I think the more experience you get under your belt, the more you are able to handle a no rep and move on without thinking twice about it or be aware of your movement or be aware of, hey, I didn't squat quite low enough on that one and, and all that type of stuff. And so I think that just comes with more and more experience and being aware of your surroundings. And then you get to the point where you're like Rich Froning or Matt Frazier and you're actually working and looking and seeing where everybody else is. Like that takes a lot of ability to be able to not only focus on what you're doing, make sure it's working, but also pay attention to where everybody else is and gauge your effort according to that. I agree with that. That's, uh, that level of focus is that separates a lot of people, you know, and that doesn't just have to do with with uh, physical ability or athleticism. That that's across the board. What would you say, Ty, was like the main thing that you've learned about yourself in that competing arena? Uh, I would say a couple things. Um, for one, I'd I'd had a lot of experience competing in local competitions, and it's just completely different uh, your approach than this regional level because typically those are a little bit easier. You want to blow through the reps because you're not going to get no, no rep hardly ever. Uh, these regional workouts, it, it pays to be a lot slower and a lot more deliberate so you don't get no rep. The workouts are harder so there's going to be some built-in rest in there anyway. Um, you know, Personally, I've learned about myself that uh, I'm strong enough, but I, my aerobic capacity sucks compared to a lot of these people. So I, I need to quit lifting so much and start running more, uh, which is easier said than done. Especially yeah, that's a crummy kids. realization. It yeah. is. It is. And I told Hunter that, and I realized that that was a mistake because then he starts programming six to ten mile runs. I'm like, well, I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the better your CrossFit. I think he's just getting back at you for – probably some childhood experience <laughs> so, more than likely yeah it was pretty fascinating to hear just the level at which you guys are processing through things which leads me to want to ask this very direct question we've had a lot of changes go on inside of crossfit that don't affect most people inside of a box we're still going to have to do all those things we don't want to do in these classes and to make ourselves better but for you guys at this level when reebok when corporate makes a shift or makes a change it affects you guys, or at least that would be the impression. How do you guys feel about the changes that CrossFit has rolled out in the past number of months? Uh, you know, at first, it, it's, it's kind of hard to take because of just the, the sheer amount of changes that seem to be going on. They, they seem to be changing really quickly. Uh, but then once I started to look at them, I really kind of like a lot of the things that they're doing. I like how they're really just outsourcing regionals. I think it's going to make for a better competition, uh, more fair. The judging is going to be better. Uh, the prize money is going to be better. Lots of things are going to be better. I, I really don't like how they seem to have de-emphasized the Open. It seems like it's not going to matter very much anymore. And so I, I would have liked to see them maybe – use the open as a qualifier for these various uh, quasi-regional type events. And the other thing is it just the tone with which they came out with their message was way off-putting to me. It, it seems like they threw under the bus all the people that are at our level who are not games-level athletes. We're not the cream of the crop. We're not the very top, but we're competitive, and we're at that regional level. And they kind of said, hey, you're not important to us. Uh, we're not gonna we're gonna disavow all that time that you spent building this grassroots movement for us i mean it, it was on the backs of these kinds of people that all these gyms and affiliates were started and now it's like throwing a hey let me throw you by the wayside and i'm just gonna try to go after the masses of people who are not doing crossfit yet mm, interesting that's an interesting take so positives and negatives mm -hmm. I agree with Ty. Um, at first, it really felt like a punch in the gut in, in the fact that it, like he said, the way they approached it and the things that they said, the things that Greg Glassman said, and just kind of even talking about the teams and how it wasn't fun to watch for him. And to me, that was personally very upsetting because we had been working so hard just to make it to regionals as a team. And here he was telling me that he didn't even care to watch the people at the games like that that to me was the most exciting part so 
the fact that one person had so much control over all these people's lives was pretty frustrating. And the fact that I, I know several people who decided to open gyms to pursue competitive CrossFit. And that is his reason for taking away the games is, or not the games, but changing it is just kind of alarming to me and makes me nervous for the future of CrossFit. But also I see the positive side of it as well. And, and kind of the approach that we've decided to take is to, to choose a competition that we really want to do. And they've make, made all these CrossFit sanctioned events all over the world. So it's a chance to do two things that I love, travel and compete at CrossFit. So I can travel to a really cool place and compete at something I love. And that to me sounds like a lot of fun. And not to mention there was, we talked about it before, the system was, was broken to begin with. So fix the broken system with maybe something that's a little less broken is exciting. Um, hopefully that's the way that it turns out. Uh, honestly, I still don't know what to think just because they're still so vague about the way everything's going to work out and they haven't really come out with the rule book, rule book that they keep promising us. And so it's hard to say what really is going to happen and how that's going to affect us. I don't, I don't think we know, we will know for a little while and I don't think they will know how it'll, how it'll work out. But my hope is eventually that somebody will come in and take over and do it the right way and make it to where these competitive athletes are spoken for and they are important again because it you know it just seems that crossfit it's not it's not important to them i think ultimately it's a good thing in that it um it makes everybody take a step back and say hey what am i really doing here like why am I trying to qualify for regionals? Why am I sacrificing all this stuff for the opportunity to compete at regionals? Is that really worth it? And it's going to it's gonna separate the people either, hey, I want to continue to do this. I love doing it. I'm going to try to go as far as I can or say, you know what, I just that was a lot of work and I don't think it was really worth it. I'm going to step back and not put as much into it. And so I think it makes people have that deep dis, uh, discussion with themselves. And uh, that's something that we talked about with Meredith is like, do you really want to go for this? And she said, yeah, okay, well, then we're just going to go all in. We're going to figure out We're going to figure out how to optimize your whole life, your recovery, your sleep, your diet, your workout, everything to try to get you towards that goal and focus and, and, and do everything you can. But some other people, it might be, hey, you know what? You, you don't, it's not really worth it. Um, let's take a step back. Let's, let's just start focusing on our health and fitness and not put so much effort into the competition thing. Maybe we pick a couple competitions that we want to do every year, but we don't make it the center of our life anymore. Um, and so I think that ultimately is a good thing. And I think, you know, like Meredith said, the, the, the different regionals, I think ultimately it's good because it takes all the power and, of the program and everything out of one person's hands and, and diversifies it and spreads it out over a lot of people. It de-emphasizes the open, which – you could train for a year and have one bad workout in the open and it completely ruins your season. Well, that's not the case. You got a season throughout the year. Um, so it kind of spreads it out and, and ultimately it's going to make people give people more opportunities to compete. But if you do want to compete, you're not competing against your region anymore. You're competing against the world. So you have to raise your level of fitness. And so it's just, it's, it's going to raise the, the level of the top level people. And then I think you're going to see the middle level, either they're going to commit all into it or they'll kind of take a step back. But I also think you'll see a rise of more local competitions because the open isn't going to be as big of a, a competition. So people who do like to compete, well, maybe they'll find other local competitions that they do want to compete in. So I think ultimately it's going to be a good thing, but I agree with what Ty said, you know, how he came out with it. It just, it makes you not really, it, it really turned me off to, to Glassman as a whole. And uh, it, it's like, he doesn't care about a lot of these people. All he cares about is growing CrossFit in other countries. He doesn't care about the people who are already doing it really. And so, you know what, we're not going to worry about him. We're going to do our own thing. You know. Yeah. It's unfortunate really. We've discussed it on the podcast before that, a guy who had such a revolutionary idea has put such a bitter taste in so many people's mouths. But here's something we can discuss is that the, the level of athleticism and fitness that you guys have been able to reach, who cares how it's tested? You guys are now in that realm where you can be tested, where you're able to prepare 
for the for the unexpected. You know that that that's a level that you can rise to. And uh, so for me, looking from the outside in, what's so interesting is that whether it's the open or local competition or the beach brawl or somewhere outside of even the United States, who cares? You guys now know you now have a system that you can refine and make your own and be ready for that, which kind of leads us into the next question and one that I've really been anticipating since we started this interview. What do you guys see as the future of your level of competing? What are you shooting for? What are you excited about? Um, for me, it's hard to say. Uh, Monica asks me this question all the time. But hmm. she asked me, I think, because she's like, well, when, is, when are you going to stop working out <laughs> and come help me at home? Um, I really... I think I had a shift several years ago when I first started competing with Hunter, I put so much pressure on myself to perform and get better and do well. And I was very results oriented. And I realized after a couple of years, like I'm killing myself and I'm creating all this stress. This is supposed to be fun and I'm not even very good, you know? <laughs> so I, at that point I realized, okay, I just, I really just want to be better. And, and that's kind of what it is for me. I, I want to keep getting better, keep getting stronger, more flexible, more aerobically fit. Um, so, and I, I think as far as competition goes, it's just how it fits within my life. I mean, I've, I've obviously had to take steps back after I got married, after I had a kid, we're about to have another one. So I, I'm not at the gym nearly as long as I used to be, but I, I think at least for the foreseeable future, I, I could see myself just trying to improve, whether that's, you know, in great leaps or bounds or just very marginally. Uh, that's, that's what it looks like for me. I think one thing that's helped Ty out is that he has taken the step back time-wise, but in doing that, he's realized he just needs to focus on the things that he really needs to focus on. And you've, I've seen him make more progress in the last year, I feel like, than he has in a long other time because when you're doing just – you're like, I'm just going to go to the gym for three hours every single day. You're just like – you just think by just sheer time in the gym, you're going to get better. But when you're only – you're cutting that time in half, you're like, man, I have to make this time count. And I have to make my time outside the gym count. And that mindset that he has is exactly what's going to make you better. Focusing on the process, I just want to continue to get better. I'm just going to keep doing it because I enjoy doing it. That's what's going to make you get better, not focusing on the results and say, oh, I have to qualify for regionals or my whole season was a failure, all this time was wasted. Like, if that's your thought process, you're wasting your time because you're not ever going to get there. But if you just say, hey, I enjoy getting better, I enjoy putting the time in, I enjoy seeing how good I can get, man, the sky's the limit for you. And maybe you do compete and maybe you will get the opportunity to compete, maybe you don't. But either way, it doesn't matter because you enjoy what you're doing and you enjoy the time you're putting in. But Ty's hitting, you know, Olympic lifting numbers that he's never hit before and they keep going up and up and up because he's he's like, man, I only have a certain amount of time. I need to focus on what I do need to focus on and my flexibility and and grip strength and, all, and aerobic capacity, all that type of stuff. So that's, that's been really cool to see um, that shift in not – focusing on the volume and the quantity of work and just make it the amount of work he is in there quality and also you know take a step back and say hey this really it's fun and I enjoy it but at the end of the day it's not my top priority you know my top priority is my family and my and my my job my career and this is just for fun and it's a pastime and if it's stressing you out because you're not getting all your work in or it's stressing you out because you didn't hit the snatch number that you want to hit today then that, there's something something wrong there. That's a metric that tells you something's a little off. I, yeah. I'm interested to get your perspective because you're you are the most competitive person I've almost ever ever met. <laughs> um, so, which is a big statement. What's your take on this quantity over quality, mm -hmm. quality over quantity? I feel like you found a balance there. How did you get there? Yeah, um, honestly, with Hunter's guidance, because I have always been the one like, give me more, give me more, and Hunter's like, no, trust the process. And so that has really helped me to not make that mistake of just going in and grinding, 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 grinding. I mean, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do everything that you tell me to do. And I'm going to give everything that I got when you tell me to do that. But once that I check that final box off the list, I stretch and I go home. And yeah, so I've literally watched you in the past. <laughs> I know everything's over and you're like, you're, you're kind of migrating towards the door. You're still where all the equipment is though. You're like work out as you're leaving. <laughs> like I'm going to work out to get out of the gym. And I, I have noticed that shift. It's like, all right, that's done. 
and you've got this, uh, usually it does involve, like I'm gonna follow some sort of strategic stretching here, and that's gonna be my, my final thing. So how would you help someone who is having trouble getting in that rhythm? Because we have, no matter the level of athlete that you are, we have a lot of people inside of a lot of boxes across the world that struggle with that routine of knowing maybe I should hop on the rower for another 30 minutes before I leave today, or I didn't feel like that workout was enough. What do you do there to settle that? Yeah. Um, well, what they're chasing is that feeling of a- accomplishment. That's what I realized is you're, you're, you want to feel like you have really done something today. And so when a hunter and I were discussing that, um, I realized that it doesn't mean I have to put in volume in the gym. And so I shifted my focus and I started to put in volume in my mobility. And so I leave the gym and then I go stretch. And that is something that everybody could do and would help them. You know, stretching is one of those things that we're never going to be flexible enough, right? And especially since we're working out so much, we need to restretch those muscles we just tightened. So when I'm feeling that need, like maybe I didn't quite do enough, I don't feel like I... I've really pushed myself enough or whatever it was, I'll stretch and I'll push it in that stretching just to feel that sense of accomplishment to check that extra box. But when I, when I look at the programming, you know, I think that is something that I've really built in my relationship with Hunter is I trust him so completely with what I'm supposed to do each day. I can check off that final box and trust that that is part of the process and the part of my process for that day. And so I can go home and know that I've given everything I got and then I'll still have something for tomorrow. Yeah. Which gives you that feeling where you're, uh, the week isn't running you, you're running the week, you know, so it's gotta be particularly frustrating for your point of view, Hunter, when you're looking at your business, you're looking at the box and you've got athletes that have been in there three years, they're still struggling with the front rack. It's because you haven't made that a part of your process. Yeah. Yeah. So something that Meredith and I talked about is we sat down and we said, well, what, what can you control? Like what is inside of your control? Uh, as far as competing in, in CrossFit. Um, she can control her effort every day, her consistency. She can control her diet. She can control her mobility work. She can re- control her recovery work, and she can control her sleep and managing her stress levels. Everything else is outside of her control. Like, So what I, what I, what I talked to her about is, you know, in a given workout, um, you just need to have a goal for each day and give it your best effort come in and give all you have to that workout. Don't worry about whether what I'm doing is the right thing or not. Just come in and do it and hit it as hard as you can. And then you need to be focusing on your stretching and mobility. Make sure you're getting doing the work every single day that you need to do, making sure that you're eating the right amount at the right time every single day, seven days a week, making sure you're getting to bed at the right time every single day, and making sure that you're doing your, your, you know, I gave her some mindset and breathing stuff to do too. But all that type of stuff adds up. Like this is what you can control and you just need to make it the most quality work that you can every single day, making sure that you're taking a step towards your goal every single day and not focus on, you know, I think a goal a lot of people uh, or a problem a lot of people have is they just come in and they just, I got to get better. So I'm going to spend four hours in the gym, but it's not focus work. You need to, it doesn't matter you know how if you're spending four hours at the gym if you're just doing it just to check off a box and say you did it that's not getting you better what's getting you better is focusing on the quality of work and that's the same thing ty's been doing too his time is a lot more limited in the gym so now he comes in and he focuses on what he needs to do he makes it the best session that he can possibly make and then he goes home and he lets it go and he doesn't dwell on it and same thing with meredith if she has a bad day she doesn't dwell on it she just goes and what maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night. What can I do to get my sleep better? And it's just focusing on the process. Like we always talk about focusing on getting good quality work in every day, day in and day out, control what you can control and let go of everything else. Right. And also one thing that Hunter and I did was we sat down and we listed out all of the things that I want to get better at. And then we said, okay, we're going to choose these five to focus on until January. And so that really helps me mentally every day. Okay, what did I do to help one of those weaknesses? And every day I'm doing something for one of those weaknesses. So it's not just this big scheme of, oh, I need to get better at everything. It's okay, I'm focusing on these five things. And when I get better at these five things, then I'll get better at these five things. And when I get better at those, then I'll get better at those. So it's just, you know, narrowing down what I really want to focus on really helps me to dial in and go hard on those things every day. And then by the end, I've really gotten a lot better as opposed to just trying to get better at everything. 
So let's do this. So we're kind of wrapping up, getting to the end of the interview portion of today. We really value listening to people who are successful and just mimicking their habits. You know, whether we understand them or believe in them or not, we see the results. How did you get there? So if you could transition now and just give the people who are listening, whether they're part of the Coyote family or not, advice on how to get better in their fitness, what would you tell them? Um, you know, one thing that I often look back to is something I heard a long time ago about Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, and that's you see how angry they are when they win. And it's not because they're just angry people. It's because they are focused on the process. The results take care of themselves. So they just, they've got a singular focus. I, we're going to be better at these things. And so when they're not better at those things, they, they're upset about it but the results come. You just focus on the process and don't focus on the results. And when you look up, you'll have those results that you achieve, that you want to achieve. Awesome, that's great advice. Yeah, I agree with Ty. Um, I kind of put a different spin on it. In my opinion, it is when you're going into the gym, focusing on how you're making yourself better today. That doesn't mean going and looking at a time and just trying to beat that time. That means staying dialed in and focused on what you're doing and did that help me get better and more in shape and stronger and faster, whatever it is that your goal is. And also just taking a step back and looking at what is your goal. You know, when you approach your workout for the day, how is this going to help me with my goal? Whether it's being fitness, you know, being fitter, losing weight, you want to run faster, whatever that goal is, look at it and keep that into perspective as opposed to, running that high and low of, well, I won the workout today or I lost the workout today. Yeah, I want to echo what Mayor said. You know, I've been in CrossFit gym business for a while now and seen a lot of people have success, seen a lot of people tread water for a while. And the people who come in and look at the board and, and find somebody's time and figure out the best way that they can set their equipment up to to uh, short down their, uh, their transition time, yeah. the best way to, like, Cheat, short their range of motion just to just barely get just enough so they can move fast so they can win a workout and all they care about is beating somebody or having the top score on the day those people don't ever make very much progress they're always staying the same but the people who are coming in saying how can I personally get better today yeah I'm going to use this other this competition as motivation to push myself a little bit harder but then the day I'm really just focused on can I get better those are the people who constantly make progress and it it's you know, one thing that always sticks out in my mind about Ty is uh, the very, I think the very first competition he ever did, uh, it was at CrossFit 2717, which is uh, now one of the gyms we own, but it was outside and there was a workout with thrusters and box jumps. I can't remember how, and running, I can't remember how it broke down. And I remember I told Ty, uh, Ty, if you want to have, you know, he was, I think he was maybe six months in the CrossFit and he was straight off three months, maybe oh, that straight off being a professional bartender, you know? So he was, <laughs> he was not in, in that great of shape. And I told him, I was like, look, Ty, if you want to get a good score on this workout, you have to do the thrusters unbroken. And I remember watching him and I could see on his face, like he was, he looked like he was about to die. Like he looked like he was about, any, if any, if you've ever seen Ty work out, he looks like that anyways, but he looked like it even more like he was going to die, but he was going to die before he put that bar down because he had made up his mind that he was not putting that bar down. And that memory sticks out of my head. And I can always point to that. And I'm, that's the reason Ty is so successful in CrossFit. It's not because he was naturally gifted or all this type of stuff. It's because he is so hard headed that he said, I'm going to put the work in and I'm going to show up every single day and I'm going to focus on getting better. And he's been doing it for five, six, seven years and he continues to make progress. And that's what separates him from everybody else. And Mary's the same way. You know, I think a lot of times people will say, oh yeah, I wish I had the O in genetics. I'm like, it's not genetics. It's the hard work and the consistency over time. And I see them in the gym every single day, putting in work, they're putting in the work and over time that adds up. And so many other people will come in some days and then they won't come in other days and they'll do the workouts they're good at and they won't do the workouts they're not good at and they'll have the wrong mindset and they're not making the progress and they have the right mindset and that's what keeps them going. That's what I'm most proud about of them about is not the trips to regionals. It's not, you know, the success they've had. It's they're, they're focused on the right things and they're focused on the process and they, their consistency uh, and their hard work and their good attitude. And so that's what makes me more proud of, of, of them than anything is, is that the way they approach um, achieving their goals. That uh, consistency piece is huge. I know that I've told uh, probably 100 people in the gym this, that 
and they ask, what should my effort level be on this? How, how should I do this workout? And I always tell them, go as hard as you can and still come back tomorrow. That's funny because you always tell me to go unbroken. <laughs> unbroken, you just keep walking. Like, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, great, that's, that's good. I felt like I, I had to step out for a minute and get some Kleenex. That was really like a heartfelt sibling moment there, Hunter. That's, that's awesome. Uh, so now we transition to a little segment we call Outside the Box. Yes, it has caught on. Hunter has uh, now eclipsed my ability to be able to transition. In the I'd segment. always eclipse that you just thought you were better than you were. <laughs> there we go, there we go. So uh, much to Ty's disappointment, this, we are going to grill the guests, not grill for the guests. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we're doing. So uh, really this works out to be just like some lightning stuff. We're trying to put you guys on the hot seat and see what kind of answers come out because it's usually pretty entertaining. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with uh, Ty, and this is going to be a very direct question. If you could plan a workout that you know Meredith would struggle through, what would it be? That Meredith would struggle through or that I would beat her on? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you'd make that answer up. I'm saying struggle through. Like, if we, if we could leave this studio now, go to the box, a workout, you're like, I really want to see Meredith do this workout. Oh, man. So, if I had to design a workout, um, it's got to be something that's, like, short, transitions a lot of moving your body around at a fast pace because what Meredith does not do so well is move fast <laughs> so probably lots of burpees lots of transitions uh lots of squatting how do you feel about that is he accurate I'm just surprised he didn't throw handstand push-ups yeah in I there. was gonna say 100 strict handstand push-ups for time <laughs> <laughs> done next question <laughs> look she kind of the the last time we did a strict handstand push-up she wasn't too far behind me so I think she's made a lot of progress Hey, number there. one on that goal list that's, right there that's her top priority right that now. was one of the five huh <laughs> yeah all right so next question for Meredith who wears the pants in Tysman no I'm kidding <laughs> don't, do don't make don't, me answer yeah, that don't do that all right, so let's let's say this, Meredith. If you had a chance to just like watch one movie, the rest of your life it's the only movie you could ever watch. What would it be? Uh, hmm, that's really tough. Um, can, does it have to be a movie? I was thinking TV show. Oh, you Owens are all alike. <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> movie, movie, movie. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm trying to think of what I've watched lately. I don't really have a favorite movie anymore. Really? Um, let's go with, I'll just go with something Disney because those are always pretty good. I'm going to say Frozen. <laughs> Talk about just taking all the wind out of an episode right <laughs> Frozen. I was, I was expecting something like The Notebook or something we could really, you just can't argue the popularity of that movie. All right, I need to know this because this is a question we ask. I'm going to give this to both of you guys. We ask this to all of our athletes of the month, and, I, and I'm very impressed by the honesty of their answers. Absolute favorite cheat meal. They're checking with each other. What is this? <laughs> I know what ties is. Hot Cheetos. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true. I didn't think about that. As a cheat meal. You make those a meal? Like, that's not a cheat meal. That's just a meal. <laughs> that's my pre-workout. Well, here's the thing. I love it when I eat it. I hate it later. Really? <laughs> that's interesting because Meredith and I just had an argument about canes inside of the, uh, the box the other day. Uh, She's like, oh, regretted canes. Hey, hey Ben, ask, ask Ty uh, what his favorite uh, meal was as a, as a kid. <laughs> I have to know this. I have to know this. Ravioli? No. All right. So what they're talking about is when I was probably six or seven years old, I had to go to the doctor because I was having these migraines, like as a six-year-old, like just constant, persistent migraines. And the doctor walks in the room. He goes, is he eating a lot of hot dogs? (laughs) My mom was like, yeah, like all the time. <laughs> he said, quit letting them eat hot dogs. Oh, man. Look, nitrates, he huh? would heat them up and hold one in each hand with a napkin and just eat straight hot dog. No bun, <laughs> no ketchup, cr- no mustard. The hot dog with the napkin just... That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, look, as as a Christmas gift to you this year, all I'm going to do is just get you some hot dogs and some hot Cheetos. <laughs> You'll have Monica to deal with because she does not want me to die. Hey, here's a fantastic idea, though. Instead of, like, the beer mile, maybe we could do the hot dog Cheeto mile. <laughs> this would be really, really entertaining. They did uh, – uh, there's, like, a, donut, a Krispy Kreme donut mile that Ty had some friends that did. 
in Birmingham. Or, uh, yeah. oh, or was it a workout? No, it's a mile. You, I, th- I think you run half a mile, eat a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, and then Ooh. run the next half mile. <laughs> I call that Tuesday. <laughs> it might have been a 5K, actually. Oh, oh man. That's, that's even terrible. worse. That's even worse. All right, here, here's what we're going to – my next question, this will be interesting to me. Of your siblings, who would you most like to challenge to best time on a marathon row? Like that I would beat or would have the best time? No, no, no. That you would go, like, I'm going to go against you in a marathon row. We're going to see how this works out. Reagan? <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. She's a very hardworking Owen. Right? She she's is, but she's of, also the shortest. She's also the shortest. I definitely wouldn't have picked on her. And I think Ty is way too hard-headed. He would, just, <laughs> yeah. he, he would literally die before he let you beat him. Okay, you know who so. I would pick? Caleb, because I want to beat him at something he's good at. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's time he, that I'm aware of, he's the only guy that's put up a time on the marathon road. Ben's so. been training for it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You guys didn't know that. You thought I was skipping the gym. I've just got a rower in my garage, and I'm just like So when is this going preparing. down? Uh, I can't release that information. I don't, <laughs> I don't want anybody to have any sort of advantage over me. So Actually, I was going to try to do it the day after Thanksgiving. I was wondering if that Yeah, I'm going to be out of town, so I can't, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm going to be out of town. Convenient. Yeah. All right, so let's do this. Let's say um, favorite childhood memory. This would be fun for me because I feel like the, the Owen house was just – crazy especially the way your parents talk about it somebody was always getting hit in the face with something you know childhood memory and we don't get to hear a lot of this about hunter so let's focus this on hunter as we're wrapping up this episode (laughs) something that cracks you up when you think about looking back on hunter's childhood um all right my favorite memory of hunter was he used to have this little console upstairs in his room and it was it held his Xbox and his PlayStation or whatever game console he used to play. And as many notebooks full of stats. That's, That's right, because Hunter and Ty definitely played a lot of video games. Don't let them pretend like they didn't. And um, one time, it had a glass door that shut to kind of protect the gaming consoles and everything. We heard this loud crash up in his room. And we went upstairs, and there was the glass door shattered all over the floor. And we are like, what happened? And he was like, I lost my game. <laughs> you threw the controller at it? No, no I, sl- I grabbed it and slammed it. I broke I, – nothing made me madder than NCAA football. <laughs> I would get so mad playing that game. And one, ta- one time they just cheated me one too many times. <laughs> tell you what, man. But I can't leave this segment without telling a story on Ty as well because I got a good one on him too. So we had this white fence that went across our backyard, right? Well, one day we drove home from school and my name was written across the white fence in this brown spray paint in my brother Ty's handwriting. And if you've ever seen Ty's handwriting, it's you can't mistake it. It's chicken scratch. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> and he had written my name on the fence trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> So that was your idea for retribution. I'll paint the fence. I'll put her name on it. I think. Uh, I think my dad probably fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. This this guy invests a lot of time in me, so I don't want to offend him. Uh, so great. Well, listen. Uh, we we wrap every episode by giving recommends. You didn't let Ty go. Oh, that's right. You yeah. got You man, you were about to let that happen. Good for you. <laughs> um. Well, I was thinking. I think I got a good one that that. Uh, that uh, has all three of us involved. Uh, there was a an event one time when my parents were somewhere, and it was just so it was just the kids at home, and uh, I was sitting there like watching TV, and uh, I believe I think Meredith was watching TV. She she left, and then so I came down and started watching TV. She came back later and wanted to watch TV, and I was like, No, I'm watching TV. Well, then she left and started complaining to Hunter who had been left in charge and Hunter came in there and just was in a foul mood for one reason or another and just started yelling at me to let her watch TV and I was like no so we got in a fight and it we ended up somehow I ended up on the recliner my dad's recliner and we scratched up the floor all in the the hallway leading to the front door and he threw me in the recliner into the front yard and shut locked the door no i grabbed he wouldn't get out of the recliner chair so i grabbed the chair and dragged it all the way to the front door and then dumped him out the front door with the with the recliner and then slammed the door behind it because of course you can't watch tv without the good recliner yeah. seat you know uh, okay well this is classic sibling stuff but what's funny about it is 
he, I guess he cooled off later and he came outside and he apologized to me. And, uh, that kind of like took the, the wind out of my sails of being angry. And by the time mom got home, it was all Meredith's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Including the scratches on the floor. That's right. Meredith wouldn't get out of the recliner. <laughs> my funniest uh, memory of Ty, well, one of them is, uh, we were at the swimming pool and, uh, I was always like picking on him and I was holding him underwater for too long. And I, I, like, I kept dunking him and letting him up, dunking him and letting him up. And finally, I held him under a little too long. And it, as he came out of the water, it was like a flying uppercut <laughs> straight into my mouth. And I had braces at the time. Ooh. And he cut his hand on my braces and his hand started bleeding. And he went out of, out of the water and went and told my mom that I had cut his hand. <laughs> She's like, Hunter, why'd you cut your brother's hand? I was like, he punched he hit me, me in the face. <laughs> So what we've established is that your parents couldn't believe anything that any of you said ever. Uh, probably not. Yeah, that's kind of settled out. So, man, just a, a day in the life of the Owens, right? That's I did right. want to ask Ty, because we already asked Meredith the last time she was on, but I wanted to ask Ty, what, what's your favorite, uh, I didn't prepare you for this at all, so if you can't think of it, your favorite book, movie, TV show, and band are? I like to ask all the guests that. Book, movie, TV show, and band. Um, book, Game of Thrones series. Um, do I need to elaborate or just... No, I, I'm glad we finally have another oh, Game of Thrones Oh, here we go. No, yeah, I mean, move on, please. Look, Game of Thrones, I mean, it's just incredible. Like, the level of intricacy and detail uh, and character development. Um, it, nobody is good or bad. Everybody is a mix of good and bad. Uh, so it makes it very real and relatable. I didn't tell him to say this at all either. Yeah, I'm serious. Like you guys are just sat around, been drinking beer, and had this conversation because <laughs> it's just a same, it's like a stump speech from the Owens about this Game of Thrones stuff. We're not the only ones. There's millions of people out there. It's like the most popular show out there. Uh, details, details. Uh, so you're saying the books? You enjoyed the books? The books. I like the books a lot better than the show. Yeah, There's the writer is the one who makes it, and the the showrunners depart from his books quite a bit, uh, which is why it's not my favorite show. So my favorite show, I would probably, I'd probably have to say Breaking Bad. For similar reasons, it's very uh, the character development's incredible. Um, you know, the guy who's the good guy in the beginning is not the good guy in the end, or maybe he is, depending on your perspective. Um, movie, uh, I mean, uh, my movie probably changes, but I would say the most recent one, which is not that recent, maybe The Dark Knight. Um, I mean, Heath Ledger in that is just incredible. So, I mean, same reason that I like the other ones, I guess, because of his level of complexity, and you just never know what's going to happen. Um, what a band. Band, yeah. Oh, man. Right now, I'm, <laughs> uh, right now I'm really enjoying uh, The Jungle Book. Uh, 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 King Louie he has a great it's it's Sophie's favorite song and uh, I've listened to it like a thousand times now and it's I mean it's really good they're really getting into it uh, is that the old Jungle Book? the old one oh, yeah, yeah we talked about that on one of the episodes mm -hmm. I mean I, the, I, didn't, I forgot all the songs I just remember the Bare Necessities that's a good one The the I like the King Louie one better when he talks about trying to be he wants to be human um, it's crazy because we've listened to so many of these Disney songs and more than like all the other ones just they sound so old from the older disney movies but not that one that like those songs are still really good they stand the test of time in my opinion look yeah. you're missing out on life if you haven't seen ty sing you're welcome by the rock to yeah. sophie uh, i know <laughs> I, every sweet. single word to that song <laughs> ty you're more than just a pretty face <laughs> my respect for you has gone up you know? thank you even though you've held me accountable in this game of thrones thing i have to go <laughs> download the books now I mean, it's Christmas. It's holiday time. It's time. You got plenty of time. Well, some book about a monkey with a raincoat. Now I got to get into the Game of Thrones. It's all just this tangled mess. <laughs> Don't get into the Game of Thrones unless you're prepared for a an, like a long journey. Yeah, <laughs> it's very complicated and very long. All right. Speaking of long journeys, we need to uh, wrap up our episode now by talking about the recommends, which we try to put out there because we want our people to our listeners to be well rounded experience a lot of great stuff you got any recommends today yeah i do i have uh i've been listening to a podcast called gladiator it's put out uh by the boston globe if you remember the movie spotlight you know the boston globe spotlight series this is like their spotlight department put this out and it's uh, a six episode series about aaron hernandez uh, and it's it's really fascinating it kind of starts from his beginning follows him through his whole life 
through high school, college, and pro, and kind of what led him to the events that that you know he ended up going to jail for and the murder and all that type of stuff. But it's really fascinating just to see the the effects of his childhood and his rearing and his father and all that type of stuff and how it impacted him uh, throughout his whole life and how even when he had a $30 million contract, he was incredibly unhappy. And um, it's just really because you don't ever hear that side of sports. You know, all you see is these guys on TV and uh, they're making millions of dollars and they're going to clubs and all that type of stuff. They're playing in the Super Bowl, but you don't ever really see what's going on outside of their life. And this this podcast is really good. They really dig deep into his life and interviews with a lot of people, and they have a lot of interviews with him from from jail uh, that they they recorded. So I would highly recommend checking out the podcast uh, Gladiator. Uh, I'm still working my way through it. I think I'm on episode four, but it's 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 fascinating. Like I've started it, I think two days ago, and I haven't been able to stop it. So yeah, uh, this brings me to my recommend this historical stuff. Like if it's based in reality, it's really intriguing for me. I stumbled on this show called Hunting Hitler. Have you guys seen that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Man, it's like, okay, the production level of it, I think the History Channel did it or somebody that's like, you can tell this is very much like filler stuff, but it sent me on this huge chase because the theory is, even according to the FBI, that Hitler didn't die in the bunker. <laughs> they were chasing him all over the world for a lot of years after the war ended. And, uh, so, and a lot of people saw him. So the, the general American public is like, yeah, we t- took care of that. We're Americans. But anyway, he starts working his way up through South America, gets dangerously close to the U.S., and apparently uh, had a lot of German thinkers that were still trying to figure out how to bomb the U.S. after the war was over. So, uh, I mean, you don't watch it. for It's not like Game of Thrones level, <laughs> you know, uh, but you can watch it, and it just makes you think, wow, how much stuff is going on out there that we really, really don't know so about. So is it true? I don't know, man. I'm pretty. I'm solidly convinced that he made it out. I don't know exactly how much, how powerful he was, because there's a lot of evidence that his health was failing, uh, big time. So I think a lot of people could have been carrying out his desires and wishes. It wasn't actually him, but yeah, he definitely, definitely, according to my uh, research, he definitely <laughs> made it out of according Germany. According to my Wikipedia, research. yeah, that's right. According to my knowledge, he definitely made it. Uh, Conspiracy made it out. theory, huh? I love a great conspiracy theory. Do yeah. we get to do one? Uh, I don't you know. Have one? I need to decide. What should we do? Yes? <laughs> yeah, let them go. If they got one. I just don't want the power to go to your, to your head. <laughs> Monica already said she didn't want Ty to come on the, uh, the podcast because it, then he was going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's just put the ice on the cake. You are allowed to give a recommend. Awesome. Um, so I, Monica and I just finished this limited series on HBO, uh, Sharp Objects. Um, and it's, it's about this journalist who goes back home and to this small town in Missouri. And it's very like reminiscent of Northeast Jackson, Madison, but more rural with very two faced, you know, hoity toity type people. And it's a mystery. It's just, it's just kind of like chart, blew that's me the away. first time hoity toity. Definition, please. Yeah. <laughs> Uptight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uptight. But yeah. like, I don't know. We finished it, and it, like, blew me away because I wasn't expecting much from it. Uh, so I'm probably building up it up too much. But uh, about five episodes in, I was like, man, I'm hooked. And then uh, at the end, it kind of throws you for a loop. So I'm intrigued. It's really cool. Claire, Sharp objects. Claire and I watched that show, too. We really, really liked it. Yeah. It was good. It was it it was a lot different than I expected, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really well done. And uh, what's her name? Amy Adams. Yeah, she's a really good actress. Yeah. she does a really good job. Yeah, and she's she's got some some sort of like she's got some troubling childhood memories uh. that keep popping up. So you kind of you kind of don't know what's real and what's not. She yeah. keeps seeing her 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 sister and all these different people that aren't really there. So it's it's clever. sharp objects. HBO. I mean, you can't really go wrong with just about anything they do. It's really good. I guess I can give a recommend. You better. <laughs> um, Lee and I have been watching Justified here lately. Um, yeah. We talked about it last we, episode. Yeah, last, Did y'all? last episode we just kind of stumbled on this. Yeah, yeah it's really good. When I first started good. watching I'm like, I don't know, but I can't stop watching it. Exactly. The second season got pretty slow for both of us, and mm-hmm. we took – a break and watch Game of Thrones again, but we came on back and uh, I'm really glad that we did. It's got us both pretty hooked. So we'll probably go try to finish the third season this weekend. The last couple of seasons are really good. Uh, Like I was saying last episode, uh, Raylan Givens is one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. And so is Boyd Crowder. 
and they're just their relationship the whole show is just awesome it is pretty interesting right now i can't figure out should i be pulling for the ex-wife i don't know it's just something something i don't like about it i can't stand her character yeah i'm only in the second season so i don't know why he likes her she's never nice to him the one time she was nice to him then she leaves so well he's got a i mean every character like that has to have some sort of achilles heel right it's probably her i agree you know it's always the woman am i right guys (laughs) (laughs) nobody's the silence there right (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks so much for making the time, sharing a little bit of wisdom on us, and we'd love to have you guys back sometime in the future if, if you're okay with that. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, so now a message to the, to the guys that are listening, guys and girls that are listening. We're so thankful to have you as listeners, and we are depending on you to spread the word. So if you're hearing information that's helpful for you, guaranteed it's going to be helpful for somebody else. So share it on your social media. Talk about it at, the, at your local box. Spread the word for us. We would really appreciate that. Until then, we will see you guys next week.